I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. I'm your host, Tony Peterson. And today we're going to talk about the first year of this podcast, the next year of this podcast, and what it means to you as a deer hunter. I know it's hard to believe, but a full year has passed since I dropped the first episode of this Foundations podcast. That's 52 weeks of Whitetail Talk, roughly 160,000 written words ago. The whole thing started with a bunch of shows about scouting. And then we moved on to hunting tactics, then winter scouting, then some random off-season stuff. And now here we are, full freaking circle. And I'm happy you're here with me today because I want to talk about you and our future together, and how we are going to tackle this deer problem as a team. The next year is going to be different, my friends. While the last year was loosely a chronological week-by-week breakdown of different deer activities you should be considering, this year won't be quite like that. It's going to be all about the stuff we never really got into last year. And I'm going to cover a wide range of topics in the next 52 episodes from, I don't know, blood trailing to the ethics of certain kind of hunting to really understanding deer sign, to hunting in the rain and so on. This year is going to be fun. But before that, I really want to talk about you. This last year has kind of been all about me talking strategies and styles and aspects of hunting that should have helped you kill some more deer, should help you kill some more deer, I guess I should say. But the dirty little secret in all of this is that it's really on you. It really is. I've got a role in this, maybe, I guess, just like other people in the hunting industry that you listen to or read or watch or whatever do as well. But we don't really need to get into that yet. We need to get into your relationship with hunting and how it affects your success. Because no matter what I say or what the Jury Brothers do on their show or what you read about whitetails and whitetail hunting, the decisions you make are yours and yours alone. You can't become a significantly better hunter through osmosis, unfortunately. I mean, if you could, 
Mark would have 3,200 inch bucks on his walls and he'd have to hunt with a rock just to challenge himself. But he doesn't need to do that because hunting is still pretty challenging for him, despite the fact that he has access to the most successful whitetail hunters in the world and has racked up more hours of conversation on the topic than just about anyone out there. And he hunts a lot. What really kills big bucks is experience and confidence, at least if you don't have a ton of money or a really good spot. In fact, not only does experience and confidence kill big bucks, it also helps you enjoy hunting more. It's more fun to not be paralyzed by the second guessing or to scroll through the gram during the season only see every other person in your feed posting grip and grin photos with bucks you couldn't even dream of shooting. And I've said this many times before, but enjoyment of hunting will lead you to hunt better. So you're probably thinking, all right, well, where the hell are you going with this, dude? Now settle down. You're starting to sound like my bride. Just let me get there. Because where I'm going with this is that I actually have faith in you. I truly do. I believe that people are capable of great things, just as they are capable of consistently killing deer that make them happy. I, I think that you've got this, and I want to tell you why. It's because this is not as hard as you think it is. Now listen, I'm functionally a dipshit, and I kill deer, including big bucks, fairly frequently. And if you think I'm being falsely humble here, let me give you a few examples. One time, I rear-ended a lady and her daughter who were on their way to church because I was eating a muffin and some of it broke onto my shirt while we were stopped at a red light. When all the other traffic started to go, I was still thinking about the crumbs from that muffin and I drove right into the car ahead of me. It was the only time I ever got a speeding ticket for going like three miles per hour. In fact, I might be the only person to ever get a speeding ticket for going as fast as a slow turtle. Another time, I went to load my boat on a trailer and I didn't pull up the trolling motor. Now it's a bass boat, so you have to power load it by driving right up on the trailer. But when your trolling motor is in the way, it doesn't work very well. And buying a new expensive trolling motor because of a bonehead move like that sucks, but it teaches you a valuable lesson. Um, another time I stepped on a moving treadmill in a full gym, which still haunts me. And I mean, I think about that moment at least 10 times a day, every day. And I have no doubts if I'm lucky enough to get really old, I'll probably still be thinking about that stupid moment when I stepped on a moving treadmill in a full gym. Uh, last March, I was fishing in Florida and I snapped an expensive travel rod on a tie-down cleat on a dock only to lose a different expensive rod the next night by not paying attention when a baffin top catfish took off with my bait. That little series of idiocy there cost me nearly $600 in fishing gear in two days. And it was nobody's fault but my own. In fact, I still have a mullet spine stuck in my pointer finger from that trip, from another stupid move that I'm still suffering from months later. Uh, I've missed so many deer, it's, it's kind of hard to believe. I trip randomly, quite often. Twice as an adult, I've shit my pants in situations where you definitely don't want to shit your pants. And I still kill deer quite often. So often, in fact, that people pay me to talk about it, which is really bizarre. But my point is, if I can do this, you can do this. You have the skills, the curiosity, the dedication to make this happen. But you've got to remember that it takes time. It takes time to be consistently successful. And there really aren't any shortcuts. 
you can't send me a DM or some other hunter who you think holds the real secrets to deer hunting success and ask them to look at a map of your farm and tell you where to hang a stand and then bam, you're going to kill big bucks. You can't visit a forum or read an article and suddenly clear the hurdle that has been keeping you from frequently filling tags. Now, you can glean some ideas from that stuff and maybe put some advice to practical use, which is a good thing. But even so, that's you doing it. That's you taking the time to make something happen. That's yours. You get out there more and you'll get better. You'll have more fun and you'll develop more confidence. But do it at your own pace, at your own comfort level, and accept the fact that it will take seasons upon seasons to become happier with your day-to-day performance throughout the fall. Now, listen, I know this sounds like rah-rah BS, but it's not. I've got two buddies who I hunt with quite a bit that have come so far in 10 years that it blows my mind. And I know 10 years is a long time, but in a way, it's really not. Both of them got into bow hunting at about the same time. Serious bow hunting anyway. And both of them took very different paths through their career so far. But they both started out hunting any type of deer. Not very well, I might add. Killing does or little bucks was a real challenge for both of them. Even though they were full-grown adult men by the time they really started hunting hard. What they had going for them was an awful lot of desire to be in the woods. They liked scouting. They liked hunting. And they were game for at least one trip a year. They made it happen. That meant that they were getting valuable home field experience on private farms, but that they were also heading out on the road to hunt with me on public land in various states. They hunted whitetails, obviously, but they also hunted Western game whenever they got the chance and small game and turkeys and whatever was open. They hunted when they could hunt, whatever they could hunt. They stacked up some meaningful experience throughout the years. And while they randomly would kill stuff in those early years, it took them, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years before they started putting it all together. And I mean really putting it all together. And now when we travel, I'm not surprised at all when either one of them kills a good one. At home, it's damn near a given that throughout the season at some point, I'll get a text or a phone call telling me that their tag is filled and it's time to call the taxidermist. It's honestly so impressive because not that long ago, neither one of them could hit a deer to save his life. I got to watch them go through the starvation years and emerge out the other side as good hunters. And I feel like some of you might be stuck in those early years as well, or maybe stuck in third gear where you can kill some deer, but the big bucks really elude you. Listen, everyone moves at their own pace. So sometimes it's a matter of struggling through the lean years. I think everybody pretty much goes through them. And that sucks. Just like it sucks to be a 20-year-old right now, or honestly, just about any time in history where you see what the world could offer you, but you're broke, depressed, and unsure what to do with yourself, and honestly not feeling too peachy about this whole adulting thing. For most people, there are just phases of life that kind of suck. And while it's little comfort to hear that from some stranger, it's true. And the same goes for hunting. It rarely starts out easy, and if it does, it won't mean anything to you in the long run. To gamify hunting or to shortcut the whole thing if you have the means, it's a great way to find success but not really enjoy it a whole lot. It's a great way to minimize this gift we have, and that certainly future generations probably won't. So you know what I want you to do? I want you to treat this year like it's your chance to level up somehow. Set some goals, achievable goals that will 
make you put in the extra time you need to put in, the little bit of extra effort, and don't set them around big bucks. Well, I guess you can, but don't solely focus on a goal like that and saying something like, well, I've, I've killed a buck that scores 105 inches now, so I really want one that is bigger. I mean, that's fine, but you're selling the whole thing pretty short if that's the sole focus. Now, I look at it a different way. I set goals based around a few different things I want to tell you about, just to kind of give you some ideas. And the first goal for me now, which is more important than trophies, when I wasn't always that way, believe me, but it's, it's where I'm at now, is to fill the freezer. I go into the season and I want five to seven deer because I know that my family can eat that all and I probably won't run out or have to ration venison. I love that feeling. It's a big one, but it's doable because I know I'll hunt a bunch of states and get enough antlerless tags and have zero qualms about lowering my standards to make it happen. But along with that goal, my main objective is to take five to seven good shots to get those deer in my freezer. No, actually, I said that wrong. It's to make, not take, make five to seven good shots. If it takes me six deer to fill the freezer, I want six double lung or heart shots in my rear view mirror. That's my goal. I want six short, easy to follow blood trails that make me feel like I did a good job as a hunter. I don't want those marginal hits. Guts, liver, spine. I don't want them. I don't want misses. I want to draw my bow every time and know that my arrow is going to go where it's supposed to go. And if it doesn't, and it often doesn't, then I know I've got work to do, but it's something I will work on. So what will your goals be? Are you dead set on getting your first deer or maybe your first buck? Maybe your first Pope and Young buck? Your first two deer season? How about the kind of shots you'll plan to take and make? What about how frequently you'll hunt? Do you have a goal to hunt X amount of days every week, regardless of weather? That's a good one. I don't use that goal anymore because I don't need it. I hunt when I can, always. Do you? Do you remember last season? Did you take days off because it was too hot or too cold or too rainy or too whatever? Maybe don't do that this year. Maybe motivate yourself to hunt when you don't want to hunt. Just like you would make yourself go for a run, even though you don't want to, because very few people ever actually want to go for a run. Maybe you're going to take a trip this year and hunt somewhere else. What are your goals around that trip? Kill a big one? Kill a little one? Just enjoy some time in a new place? How are you going to make this stuff happen? That's maybe the most important part of this, because that's on you. What are you going to do to make sure you get the most out of this summer scouting window and then this season? That's what matters. And remember, again, it's on you. Hunting is a personal thing. And even though we have good friends who hunt, or at least most of us do, it's still an activity mostly done in private. This is probably the best point to wrap this episode on because I really believe it. I say this often on podcasts, and it's always good for a laugh if I'm giving a deer seminar somewhere. But no one really cares about what you shoot. They really don't. Now, your wife might pretend she does. A few coworkers might think it's kind of cool one way or another. And you might be blessed to have a few good hunting buddies who actually kind of do care. But it's not going to make or break anyone's day if you finally arrow that 150-incher you've been after or if you eat tag soup for the 17th season in a row. It doesn't matter to anyone but you. It really, really doesn't. 
doesn't matter to your Instagram followers or your Facebook friends or the strangers on your favorite hunting forum that you like to visit. It wouldn't change their lives one iota if you filter your tag or not. Now, I want to reiterate this because I really want to drive this point home. Hunt for yourself. Do not apologize to anyone for doing this legally in a way that makes you happy. Your time in the woods is yours, and it's important. The decision on when to shoot or what to shoot, that's real important too, but only to you. And I don't know, I guess I suppose the deer, but they don't really get a say in it. Well, sometimes they do, but you get my meaning. This is your time and your passion, your hobby, your whatever. Own it. Treat it like something that matters to you because it does. And just get out there. Set some goals. Forget about what other people think about deer hunting or big bucks or who should shoot what. And you do you. Make your decisions. Hunt your way. Follow your hearts, my friends. And I know this sounds like a bullshit pep rally, but it's not. The key to happiness might not exist 17 feet up a tree, or it might. But that time in the woods watching nature do what nature does, that's good for the soul, my friends. Try to leave as much excess baggage behind as you can when you go there and just try to learn how to enjoy it. And lastly, remember that everyone is in the same boat. If you want to go on Instagram and small bucks shame a stranger, don't. Don't be a dick. It's not that hard. Try to be happy for people's success because as weird as this may be, we need other folks out there enjoying the world of the whitetail and advocating on our behalf even if they just killed the buck you've been watching for three years, or they happen to kill a forky every year when you desperately want them to let them go so they can grow. Just do you and try to love every second of it because the ability to go out and hunt these magnificent creatures, it is a gift that we won't have forever. <sighs> now I know I've been like a poorly qualified life coach and therapist the last few episodes, but I got one more in me. Next week, I'm going to get vulnerable, and I'm going to tell you about the decisions I've made in my life that made me a way, way better hunter. And it's probably not what you're expecting to hear, but you should listen in. There might be a lesson in it for every one of us. That's it for this show, my fellow deer addicts. I'm Tony Peterson, and this has been the Wired to Hunt Foundation's podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. As always, all of us here at Meat Eater truly thank you for your support. It means the world to us. And if you want more whitetail content, please do not hesitate to head on over to our Wired Hunt YouTube channel or visit themeateater.com slash wired. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop. That's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.